0: (laughs) Okay, now we can start. Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. If you build it, they will come,
1: Joel. Seen that movie? You have seen, seen, seen that movie, Joe. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA.
2: At our 670 The Score studios, Jordan Malley. Shout out to Jordan Malley. Did Matt Peck yeah. get a signed copy of that book? No,
0: Matt Peck, he didn't know. No? Talk to D. Rose. Yeah, you got, you're going to make, going
2: to make and Matt, it happen. And Matt, well, you will be getting your
1: book soon. <laughs> Kick back and get ready for the best hour of your your day.
0: Are players buying in, Jim?
1: I, yes. Fair enough. And so
0: all I was saying on this podcast, the Locked on Bulls podcast. Locked on Bulls, five days a week. Locked on Bulls starts now. You can just see the vibe. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and
1: Matt Peck. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley. Along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop all of your texts, all your voicemails. We're going to get to those today. Going to get to all of your texts. So anybody who's dropped us a question, thank you for that. And anybody who's dropped us a voicemail, thank you too. So we're going to do all of that today on our normal Wednesday mailbag but Matt how are you happy April 1st and uh are you playing I, it seems like an odd April 1st and an odd April Fool's Day with everything that's going on in the world right now uh so I don't have any tricks or any anything up my sleeve per se today do you to put a little joke on your family or anything like that um and how are you
0: What's up, Jordan? What's up, Bulls Nation? Doing well, still feeling nice and healthy up here in Michigan. Not gone wood. Um, hoping to get a, a little hoop session in later today. That has been uh, one nice thing about the kind of being in quarantine is uh, I feel so cooped up and bored that I've actually resorted to exercising. Um, which I know, you know, for some people might be more difficult. Like if you live in a big apartment building, you don't have a gym or access to like a driveway or any outdoor space. It's it's hard. But personally, it's been nice. Um, I'm just shooting hoops in the driveway every day. I saw somebody had a video of Levine's amazing game winner against Charlotte from this season, um, and I I've been like doing that shot in my driveway a lot. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not I'm not as good as Zach at hitting it which might surprise you.
1: That's funny. I've been doing sort of the same thing. My dog has been the one that's been reaping the benefits of all of this because I've been taking him on multiple walks a day now. And I usually do, but it's not all that far. And my dog's a little older too. He's nine. So and he's also a massive dog. He's 125 pounds, so taking him on very, very long walks could tire him out. Uh, but we've gone to the field a bunch of different times. I have an open field near my house and uh, a basketball court too. Which I'm actually surprised that they haven't boarded up uh, most of the local parks here as far as their basketball hoops have gone. Because I've seen that some I've seen that in other places here in the city of, the, of Chicago, but uh, maybe it's not as prevalent in the suburbs. But nonetheless, I'm doing the same thing, just trying to stay outside. You know. As much as I can to not uh, have to seclude myself for 24 hours a day just inside the house. So getting outside and getting some fresh air can really, really help. Uh, but no jokes, no, no no pranks that you have uh, planned up your sleeve for today?
0: No. Honestly, I feel like uh, in, in our current climate, April Fool's jokes are not exactly welcome. Uh, things are scary things are are real and and getting even more real and even more scary. So it just didn't seem like a year where like I usually just hate April fool stuff in general. Um like when we were kids we would do a couple of silly pranks on our parents or whatever, but something, you know, or everything was p- pretty much harmless. Um but now it's like did you see I just when I hopped on Twitter first thing this morning I saw one of the trending things was some K-pop star pulled a like a, a an April Fool's joke telling all of their fans that he tested positive for coronavirus and then he oh was like JK God. April Fool's like what, what what are we doing here I feel like this is a giant social experiment and we're all failing
1: <laughs> k-pop twitter is a very dark and bizarre place to go down don't ever go down darker k-pop.
0: and more bizarre than bulls twitter <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's pretty damn close but I mean, on every viral tweet you will just see people write two hundred and eighty characters or whatever yeah, two hundred and eighty characters worth of stuff and they just post a three minute K pop video. And it's the same K pop video in probably a thousand replies. It's it's bizarre and the deeper you go down you're like, What the fuck is this? But uh yeah, that's 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 not good. What that's that's just You look like an ass doing that. So I hope you got the backlash. I hope they got the backlash that they deserve. I did see some some harmless pranks. I saw some kids change their parents' uh, keyboards on their phones from changing automatically. Like, if you typed in no, it would automatically change to yes. So I saw somebody do that, and then their kid texted them, can we get a dog? And their mom kept texting them no, and it would reply automatically back, yes, yes, yes. So that was pretty funny. So it's harmless little jokes like that I can get down with. But like you said, the, the coronavirus I, jokes, no, thank you.
0: Yeah, well, I think maybe the the winner that I've seen so far today is uh, Benny the Bull and his yes. April Fool prank <laughs> announcing that he started a podcast uh, of his own, which first and foremost, I wish it were real just because the title is so good. Between Two Horns is such a good name for a Bulls podcast. I can't honestly can't believe that nobody else had come up with that before
1: yeah that is a it's an excellent excellent podcast name and i i was like i wonder what this is going to be and so i flipped i i clicked on the link opened up the video podcast and i literally scrolled through it and i'm like it's just benny sitting there for an hour and four minutes i'm like that is the greatest troll job ever because
0: sometimes you forget that benny is mute and you're like, oh, man, Benny's doing his own podcast now, huh? like <laughs> a little late to the party, but awesome. And I was like, wait, no, but Benny doesn't talk. This is ju- this is just going to be uh, him sitting there not saying, any- oh, 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 this is an April Fool's joke. OK, I got
1: it. <laughs> oh, that's uh, too good again.
0: Although Ooh. he did uh, like your response from our locked on Bulls Twitter account, uh, which was, you know, a a. Currently trending uh meme or joke referencing this this Tiger King show on Netflix about how his podcast is gonna put us out of business. <laughs> and not just Benny, but the official Bulls Twitter account liked your response.
1: It's too funny. it's because uh... I think
0: the first time the official Bulls Twitter account has liked anything that you or I or our locked on account has done, because gee, most of it's pretty negative. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's true it is very true but shout out to everybody at bulls uh the bulls social media team they uh, again i don't know how many times we have to praise them but they do a fucking phenomenal job uh i producing. feel bad for them it's oh like no!
0: bulls fans on twitter think that john Paxson and michael Reinsdorf <laughs> run their twitter account oh i thought it's you like people who are you yelling at? Because you're yelling at some poor, like, social media content creator who's probably, like, 25 and sitting in an office and doing their best.
1: God, I... And if we're being honest, probably underpaid
0: for the crap
1: they have to put up with. There's there's few times where I think I felt especially bad for them, and the one was the 56-point loss against uh, the Celtics at home, the historic loss, just the feed uh, of... Of tweets after that final score, I felt bad for them. But they do an amazing, amazing job. Their YouTube, from their YouTube page to the content they put on Instagram and Twitter, and it's all super creative and unique too, which I think is the biggest part. The NBA does a great job. We've we've talked about this many times. Where there's a lot of NBA teams doing really great job with content, and especially at this time with no actual live games going on, um, had a weird. I guess. I mean, at this point, I feel like I'm saying it's the end of the Bulls season for sure a weird end of the season an abrupt end of the season. So good on them. But yeah, the Benny podcast is hilarious. And I, I realized too, Betty follows us now. So that's awesome. Betty follows locked on bulls. So he must be a listener. Although he is mute, he must be getting his tips from the best bulls podcast out there. So shout out I mean, to his Benny. Ear, his ears still work, right? Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Um, all if right. You're
0: listening Benny. I'm sorry for everything I've said, but I'm also not sorry. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right, let's uh let's get into uh, some of our mailbag stuff. And you can text us or tweet at us at locked on at Jordan C Mally at bulls underscore Peck. and at 331 979 1369 Um so we'll do let's do it let's do a text question first to kick us off here. Uh this one's from Eli. It says I have a question for you guys. When the offseason comes, assuming the cap space will go down and the free agent market being very weak, uh, if the Bulls do bring in a fresh voice, even maybe get rid of the coach and Boylan, it might not do a whole lot of good because next year we will still see the same players who are all rotted out by the coach's system. We can't really shop for any more or trade for anybody because not only do we not have the assets to trade, but we also don't really have the money. So where do you feel like year four of the rebuild is going to be at? That is my question. And I think that's a really good one, Matt. You want to kind of start us off with this one?
0: Yeah, I mean, I certainly understand the concern um, because as I have seen it uh, and much like this texter is pointing out, I don't know how much room there is for change when it comes to this roster. We talked about it a little bit uh, in some of our player evaluations that we've done so far, you know, notably Felicio, who has another year on his deal and Otto Porter Jr. almost certainly picking up that very lucrative player option he has um, on the table. And that between those couple of issues and their most tradable piece right now, being a very team-friendly contract and very high production player like Zach Levine, not being someone from all accounts we've heard that the Bulls want to trade away right now, you're kind of left with a lack of options. So even if they bring in somebody new for the front office, and even if that person that they bring in does decide to go in a different direction than Jim Boylan and brings in a new head coach, the only real changes I can see happening personnel wise is more schematic than the actual names on on the jerseys and even that could create some very necessary change because the offense and the defense that we saw this season that Jim Boylan was so happy and so pleased and so proud to have installed remember that sound bite of his about how he loved how he you know installed a system on both (laughs) ends of the floor well great did did you see how effective they were Um, I mean you can hope for a change of system and especially, you know, going to things like we've talked about recently, like rescuing a player like Lowry Markinen, rescuing a player like Wendell Carter Jr., who both really didn't develop much at all, if not regress this season. That's what I I think is the best hope right now, because I don't see how they turn this roster into anything different this offseason.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I'm just trying to figure out how much space the Bulls would have. And honestly, it's not that much. It, consider the fact that even without, yeah, even without picking up Otto Porter's option for twenty-eight million, you're still at one hundred and six million dollars on your cap, and uh, roughly, I don't mean, know, ballpark at one hundred and twenty million where the NBA cap is right now. Uh, say it goes down to back down to one hundred and ten or 112, 112 million a year. Uh, the Bulls are going to have some problems, and it's more going to be about retaining their guys too. Otto Porter picks up his option. Now you're really squeezed for money with Chris Dunn and Denzel Valentine. So you have to make decisions on both of those guys unless they accept the qualifying offer. If they accept their qualifying offer, then you'd be all right. And then you could negotiate throughout the year if you wanted to keep, say, Chris Dunn long term and wanted to extend him. Uh, But the very short term, as far as next year goes, could put the Bulls in a weird position like you're talking about where we could basically run the entire team back outside of who we're going to draft in the lottery and then who we're going to take as our second round pick. This is the team. This is the same exact team you're probably going to see next year, uh, minus any trades that the Bulls decide to make. So I don't know how thrilled Bulls fans are going to be if it's a complete brought back of the exact same team. And maybe the feelings are different if Jim Boylan's gone.
0: Well, obviously, that would be step one to appeasing the fan base a little bit. Um, to say, look, this guy—you gave him a shot, you, you gave him a full season because, in in so many ways, the eighteen nineteen season was rough, and not just because of him taking over for Fred and how that went, and the whole player mutiny and all that, but just a, a lack of health on the roster and a lack of available talent, and so you kind of give boiling a wash if you're kind. for for the half of last season and give him a fresh start this season. Well, he fell flat on his face with that fresh start. So I think as much as the, the fan base would like to see something done to change up this roster a little bit because we saw issues with the roster, at least putting a better coach or someone who we all agree collectively is more likely to be a more successful coach than what Jim Boylan has done. It's something. And I think coupled with that would be even if John is sticking around as the special shoe shiner to Jerry Reinsdorf and gets paid whatever he gets paid for that title. If he actually is removed from all power of basketball decisions and a new front office person is brought in to run things. I think the fan base will be patient enough to look forward to a 2021 off season where there are a lot more options, a lot more flexibility, a lot of shiny, exciting names of free agency. And that we would say, okay, well, at least the first steps have been taken, which is remove the people in power. Now put in forward progressive, you know, forward minded people who know how to win in modern basketball in positions of power and get a new coach. I think the fan base could at least accept those as necessary changes that are the first steps towards fixing a lot of problems.
1: The thing that I'm thinking about, too, is it's almost we have to look. If you're looking for major changes on this roster and what the Bulls are going to be able to do, you almost have to go and look at the 2021-22 season because that's when you have a lot more flexibility. Yeah, Porter's going to come off the books unless he stay. You know, stays. Even if he stays this year and picks up his option, the Bulls don't trade him. Next year he'll be off the books if you don't want to bring him back, and he won't be brought back at twenty eight point five million dollars. But you also have options on Thaddeus Young and Thomas Adoransky, too. Those two are only guaranteed a certain amount of their contract. Thaddeus Young is going to make thirteen and a half million next year, and he's only he's only guaranteed six million dollars in his final year. And Thomas Sadarinski's only guaranteed five million in his final year. So if the Bulls really wanted to overhaul things and said, "Yeah, you know what? Thanks for the two years. Sorry, it didn't work out here. Uh, we'll." We'll cut our losses and pay you guys your money and you guys can take a walk. That could happen too, where you would see massive overhaul in roster change. But again, I don't, I, I really don't think that there's going to be all that much of a, a difference in the roster that we see from this past year to this upcoming season. And a lot of it, I think, goes back to not the fact that they don't have money or don't have pieces to trade. I think it goes back to the fact that they believe still believe in this, and they don't, they they didn't get to see anything this year with the amount of injuries that the Bulls have had. And they also they also want to keep some type of semblance of a core together. Uh, because what happens if you break these pieces off and, and all of a sudden Thaddeus Young is gone Otto Porter is gone Thomas sadaransky is gone you're left with the same young core that you had two years ago and basically back at the same point and who got better nobody did so I don't know that's how I feel
0: well speaking of getting better Jordan um let's talk about self-improvement for a second we were talking about getting stir crazy while we're all in quarantine right now. So um, how about a message from our friends at Echelon to get fit in 2020? You don't have to join a gym, which are all closed right now anyway, or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in shape and the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone. Busy moms and dads, first responders, elite athletes, whatever your activity level. And with daily life and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A to learn about their limited time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A NBA. Great option if you're feeling like a a need to exercise right now at Jordan and everybody's stuck inside.
1: That's for sure. And especially if you live in some of these northern states where it's still fucking cold here. I know the last last week or so it's been about 50 degrees, which actually has been a nice break. Uh, But it's been cloudy and rainy here, Matt, in Chicago. I know you're in Michigan right now.
0: Uh, Yeah, the last of the ice just melted off the top of the lake yesterday. Oh, God.
1: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's a perfect option if, you know, we're all having to stay inside anyway so uh, be able to get to stay fit feel a little bit better and like we were talking about at the beginning the exercise thing man I mean I hate exercise I hate running and I hate anything that has to do with cardio in general uh, but the feeling you get after you work out is is you know I can understand why people get runners high from it because it, you just feel better when you do it uh, but with that let's check in with uh, Kevin from the south side.
3: Hey guys it's Kevin on the south side. Uh, I know you have nothing else to talk about, so you're asking me if I'm still working. I am. I'm delivering pizzas for a Beverly area pizza place called Chuck's. They only do pickup and delivery, so their business has not been modified by the recent closings. Um, I'm working today. I hope I'm not working tomorrow, but, you know, my coworker occasionally will say, hey, can you work? And I'm like, all right. That's a, that's an easy 40 bucks. Yeah, on the dead days, I get 40 bucks for doing nothing, and then, uh, days like today, it's less than dead. Currently working for the next hour. Hopefully there's no more deliveries, because I don't feel like doing anything else. Uh, the tips have been pretty decent lately, although I did deliver to one person who's notorious for never tipping, and she's also notorious for calling a minute before we close, so I have to wait an hour to go home. Anyways uh it would be nice if people if all people knew how to tip, but most people do, so that's great. Go Bulls. Yeah. Go uh Jim Boylan. Your your coaching is, is so good that that your defense has shut down the league, right? Sorry, that's a stolen joke from Twitter. Anyways uh that's uh that's it. Can't wait till next season when the Bulls still have Jim Boylan <laughs> because they're blaming the virus and only the virus for the reason why they did so poorly. Alright. Bye guys.
1: Oh, that is a great wow. call. That is great. Wow.
0: That made I my mean, day. Kudos to one of the greatest voicemails we've ever gotten.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that made my day. Man, I, I can could. I can honestly relate to Kevin in so many ways. Here, I used to deliver pizzas. I did it for uh, probably about a year and a half for Lumalnatis. It was a great gig. I I'm somebody who loves driving, so it was it was not a big deal to me. But I can understand the whole uh, not tipping. You you start to learn the neighborhoods that you're in and some of the people who are frequent uh, frequent buyers, and also you start to learn the houses that don't like to tip very well. Uh, so if you're if you're ordering delivery and, and you can afford it. Throw a few extra dollars at your delivery driver. Help them out. They're out there working and sacrificing. You don't think about it as a sacrifice, but right now with the virus out there, I mean, all it takes is one touch for somebody to get it. So, uh help them out. They're trying to stay safe. They're trying to help their business. They're trying to keep making money. So uh, if you can't afford it, throw them a few extra dollars when they deliver something to your house. But uh, Matt, the other thing with, with pizza delivery driving is all I did was listen to podcasts. So I appreciate you out there listening to locked on bulls every single day in your drive. I was just, I was, I was zooming through podcasts when I would work there.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you listen to music, you get sick of listening to music, uh, you know, sometimes audiobooks are nice, but podcasts, I mean, they pass the time, man. Uh, that's for damn sure. And uh, absolutely, I, I will echo your sentiments as someone who spent many years of his adolescence and his young adult life uh, working in various elements of the food and beverage service industry. Tip people, delivery drivers, um, you know, if you are still taking the occasional Uber or Lyft to get from, you know, point A to point B in the city, tip the drivers that are out there risking their, you know, their health every day. Um, You know, I I know things are tight for a lot of people right now. And I know that this has hit uh, everybody, not just with concern about our, our, our livelihood as far as staying healthy, but also our livelihood financially. Because a lot of people have lost their jobs because of this or are temporarily not working or have had some significant portion of their freelancing income cut because of one reason or another. Um, so I know things are, are tough for a lot of people right now. Um, first of all, don't ever be afraid to ask for help if you need it. There are a lot of positive things going on in the world of social media right now. People who have the means to help out are offering their help. Uh, like, Jordan, I know uh, your, your colleague over at 670 The Score, Danny Parkins, uh, along with some others, is organizing a great uh, you know, Venmo handout uh, for people that need it right now. You can give if you need it. Um, Or I'm sorry, you can give if you can if you can uh, afford to give whatever amount. And and if you need, uh, don't be afraid to ask. Um, You know, everybody's got to stick together during these tough times. And uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. If you can tip somebody who is out there still working and putting themselves at risk to do the job that is required because society needs it. Please give everything you can to
1: those people. A thousand percent. And then I got to give another special shout out to Chuck's. I actually, we used to, I used to order from Chuck's. I used to live in Elmhurst about a year, about two years ago. And we used to actually order from this place all the time. There's some great pizza places out in just, just the outskirts of the suburbs of the city. There is some amazing pizza places. So if you're in the area, if you're around Beverly, Elmhurst, Oak Brook, even on the outskirts of Chicago, it uh, looks like they have more than one location as well. So uh looks like they're open 4 to 11 and 4 to 10, 1130 on Friday and Saturday. So if you've got a hankering for some really, really good pizza, go hit up Chuck's in Beverly and tell him Kevin sent you and maybe Kevin will be your delivery driver as well. So. Uh, make their day a little bit better and Chuck's Pizza is amazing though I do remember this place in fact um So any pizza place, any local restaurant that you have in your area. And if you've got local restaurants, uh, maybe you own one that you're listening to right now and you're out of work, we'd love to know if you're still doing delivery, if you're still doing carry out, any of that. Uh, We'd love to promote you on our social media and also promote here. So if you can, you've got some extra money and you don't feel like cooking tonight. uh, Go support your local places and go support Chuck's if you live around the area and can get delivery to you or you want to just go in and pick it up. Go order from Chucks. Uh, But thanks to Kevin for the... the, I I hope Jim Boylan's not the head coach next year, but I guess we'll find out, you know, the one positive coming off of hopefully by that time when the season starts back up in the fall, if that's the case, that coronavirus is... not at the point we're at right now when we actually have something positive to look towards because I can't imagine a season where, you know, NBA announces games are coming back, but uh, the announcement from the Bulls from the first start is Jim Boylan is also coming back. can only imagine the riot Bulls fans are going to have on Twitter.
0: I will go on Benny's podcast and rain hellfire (laughs) until that is resolved. And I will be the only one talking
1: on Benny's podcast. Uh, Benny has to sit there and nod Or maybe throw some popcorn on you or something
0: Yeah he, he can He can do his little popcorn routine All he
1: wants <laughs> Alright let's get to our Second and last voicemail
2: Hey what's up guys This is Clayton Y'all may know me as the guy who likes to tweet photos of me Dressed up as either Boyland Or a bull in Pamplona et al um, So Colin That's right here to talk about Michael Porter Jr. on the pod this week and i went to the you zoo know, and so michael porter jr played in high school for three years of uh, holding catholic in columbia Missouri. and so many of my friends would go when he was in his freshman sophomore years um, to watch him play when he was 14 15 years old and i saw this dude just balling out as a freshman um really dunking um which i'd never seen someone that young dunk before uh, so i thought this guy was going to be a stud however being at Mizzou and seeing what's happened to all the other members of his family. He's got two older sisters that have just undergone a lot of surgeries on their knees. Um, His younger brother, John, who just saw the Grizzlies, he's undergone already two different ACL tears and surgeries um, younger than Michael. Um, And just kind of given everything about Michael's history, it's almost like the Porter family plague is known in Columbia uh, for their injury history. And when I think about him being a bull, I mean, you guys know it's no secret that essentially every Bulls player gets injured whenever they come to this team. Um, so I would just be really, really upshaded for Michael Warder Jr., especially keeping in mind the, the great medical staff that this Bulls franchise has to offer. I just I just don't think that would pan out at all for either party. Um, so that's my thought. One of the time, Hope you all have a good though Hope will be all the good ones.
1: It's so a good call from Clayton. I, we discussed this last week, Matt, about a potential trade. I think if we were going to send... I think we were talking about Otto Porter trades, if I'm not mistaken, and what what teams would fit. And we brought up Denver as one. And obviously the trade piece, I think, if you decided to make a larger deal, uh, Michael Porter Jr. would be the ask from the Bulls right away from Denver, um, considering that they would probably have to unload a bad contract as well. But this has been the same... Uh, storyline I've heard from a bunch of I have some friends that are I have a friend that's a beat writer down there uh, at Mizzou and watching this unfold over the last three or four years he said the same thing It's like it's just some shitty luck and uh, unfortunate genes too because he said I think I think every single person of his siblings has had a torn ACL or a devastating injury like that uh, before they turned the age of 20 him his brother and I believe his sister did too uh, I would have to. I'm gonna have to go back and double check that. But yeah, the the injury history does not look good. If the Bulls are enticed to trading for somebody like that,
0: yeah. I mean, um, I remember us uh, touching on this uh, a, a while back, and me saying that, like, regardless of how the Bulls fans might feel about MPJ, uh, even maybe if you've changed your mind about him since uh, the draft two years ago, when I know I was saying. It's not worth the risk. The Bulls need to add some kind of talent. I know some would say you got to swing for the fences when you're in in situations this rocky. I don't know that the Bulls' uh, you know, decision makers would have changed their mind, especially given what they saw in his medicals when he was going through combine time and the fact that he basically lost his entire rookie year because of this injury and didn't come back until halfway through the, the second year. Technically, of his NBA career. Um, I just, um, uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure what the fascination is about him. Um, but certainly with, you know, as, uh, as Clayton pointed out in his call, like it's, it's, it seems like some weird, like family thing. Like genetics don't lie in a lot of ways, genetics don't lie. Um, and, uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I I I I am I am at a loss for what Bulls fans obsessions with Michael Porter Jr. is.
1: I found so I found, so here I found the history of it. Uh, this is from a Reddit poster about a year ago. It says Jonte Porter originally tore his ACL and MCL in October. Was slated to be a lottery pick in the 2019 draft before the season had fallen into a late first round pick after the initial injury. Michael's eldest sister Bree Porter suffered a total of five ACL tears in her high school and collegiate Ooh. career. Michael's other five? sister five five in high school and college combined. That is that is absolutely nuts. Shout out to her for being able to come back after that many. Uh, yeah, Sierra, his other sister Sierra, similarly sustained a lingering knee injury that forced her early retirement from collegiate basketball. Uh, this was on actually the Denver Nuggets Reddit, talking about potential longevity of Porter's career and uh, anything that concerns people about him. And a lot of the comments underneath that are just, injuries are holding the Porter family back, way back. Uh, that was the top comments, so. though. Uh, Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but hopefully, I mean, Denver has has taken a shot on two guys now in Bull Bull and in Michael Porter Jr., where they've had significant injuries, significant injuries and lingering injury problems. So I'll be curious to see if they're able to turn those guys around and keep them healthy. But as far as an option for the Bulls, hey, if they trade for him and it becomes a trade package for Otto Porter, I'm not going to be angry at this point, but I understand the concern from everybody. And it's the same concern we had when we talked about drafting him.
0: Yeah, the the same concerns are still there. I mean, I I think for me, at least, I can only speak for myself. I'm still very much concerned about the longevity health-wise of that dude's career. And for all Bulls fans do complaining about a lack of a healthy roster, they sure seem to be really obsessed with a guy who has a gigantic injury asterisk next to his name. It's like, make up your mind, people. Keep complaining about the medical staff. Keep complaining about a lack of a healthy roster. You know, you really, really, really want to trade for this guy who had apparently like some of the worst medical reports any lottery NBA pick we've we've ever seen. I mean, potential number one overall pick who slid all the way down to what? Denver took him at 14?
1: Yes, Denver took him at 14.
0: So, yeah. I mean, make up your mind. Do you, do you want a healthy roster? Or do you want Michael Porter Jr.?
1: I don't know if you can have both. That's a good... it's hmm. a good question. Uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you, just considering he was talking about local high school kids and going to watch their games at high school games, Matt, was there somebody in while you were in high school or maybe in middle school, a couple of years older, a couple of years younger, that you can remember that was really good here in Illinois that went on to play, have a good college career, ended up in the NBA?
0: Um, I mean, what I mostly remember is like right around the time when I was in high school, um, and, you know, wishing that the bulls were better and the baby bulls were, were kind of bouncing out it was like the end of Jerry beginning of John Paxson. you know, turnover, um, is around the same time with that Illini team that was really good with, you know, Darren Williams, D Brown, that whole crew, um, I, I remember really enjoying watching them th- in, in that really awesome season they had and their run through the tourney. because um, like I, I had not really gotten into college basketball at that point yet. I was all NBA through my t- through my childhood. but then, you know, bec- when, when there is a team that gets local attention, and you know, obviously, when it comes to Chicago, there are Loyola fans, there are DePaul fans, there are Northwestern fans. But U of I has a big fan base in the city of Chicago, even though Champaign's you know two hours south. Uh, it, it, they started to get a lot of coverage in the newspapers and and local like you know TV, um, you know sports sections and things like that. So that is like the first college team that I remember really falling in love with. Um, but also the De- the DePaul team with Quentin Quentin Richardson. Like I love that team too.
1: I can remember one player specifically and I'm just looking back at, because I'm curious now, I'm looking back at when I was a senior, what was the top recruiting class in Illinois and was there anybody of significance a part of that? Nobody that I can think of initially off this top 100 list, although Abdel Nader is from Skokie, I did not know that, Niles North, and he, I think had a short stint with the Suns, and then I think he had a short sit with the Celtics as well. He might still be in the NBA, just kind of floating around from team to team, but somebody I can remember, and I'll never forget, and he didn't play in the NBA, he played in the G League for a little bit, but Ryan Boatwright, remember Ryan Boatwright, he went to UConn, uh, played at East Aurora High School, he was two years older than me, he's the same age as my brother, but... He came to my high school and dropped 62 points on our team in a single game. And I was like, holy shit, I've never seen somebody so good at that age, so young. We all just had our jaws dropped the entire time. But he ended up playing at UConn with Shabazz Napier. um, And he was co-Mr. Basketball of Illinois in in 2010 with... Uh, Shasin Randall, who we saw last year with the Washington Wizards and has kind of floated around on 10 day contracts as well. He's from, I believe, Blue Island. Uh, but yeah, that was the one player that brought to my mind right away. I'm like, I ex- remember exactly where I was when watching Ryan Bowie drop 62 on our team. Um, and he was ended up being 74th ranked high school player out of top 100, but and now he's floating around in the Euro leagues all over the place, but. He was somebody that I was like, holy shit. And even though he didn't end up being an NBA player, I was like, holy crap. This dude's just on another level.
0: Yeah, uh, it's always fun when you can kind of uh, just make those discoveries early on uh, in in young players' careers. Um, And uh, speaking of that, I mean, I know that people are not all that excited about this particular draft class we have coming up. And, uh, you know, it might not be a big flashy affair with all the players there and fans there, too. And it might just be like, we're going to have the NBA draft online. But hopefully it still happens, and the Bulls likely have themselves another lottery pick coming. So, uh, Jordan, let's get out of here on this one. This text comes to us from the 919. I've been looking at mock drafts. looks like there are not many wings. I think I'd like the Bulls to take a pass-first guard, like Killian Hayes, LaMelo, or Tyrese Halliburton, parentheses, Ames Mafia. I know we have Kobe, uh, but I feel like we really are lacking a distributor. Um, I would agree that this team is currently lacking a distributor. Sadoransky is not what we hoped he would be when we signed him to be this team's starting point guard. Kobe showed a lot of promise. He even showed some growth in just like the last month or so of his rookie year as not only a more efficient scorer, but a solid passer as well. Uh, But I would agree that this team is lacking a distributor. I also agree that the wings in this draft are pretty poopy. And it's unfortunate because the Bulls could really use a wing uh, to maybe, I don't know, challenge Chandler Hutchison to be the successor to Otto once we get off of his contract. Um, My last thought on this text would be, if we bring in another Ames Mafia person,
1: I am going to lose my
0: (laughs) shit Jordan.
1: (laughs) I, I was I had to laugh because I was reading a little bit about Tyrese Halberton, too. As I was doing, I've been doing my preparation so we can do all, all of our bre- breakdowns next month of every prospect. But yeah, I was. I mean, the dude's already going to be twenty one years old. If you're trying to build a younger team, I just I don't know. I, I need to go watch more film on him. But I think it would just make Bulls fans insane. Even though if he's a good player, like regardless if he's a good player or not, I think you just drive Bulls fans absolutely batshit crazy. Uh, There's a few other names that you, I guess you could throw out there. RJ Hampton, who slid up and down the board too, who decided he was, I think, the number three or the number four prospect in the country and then decided to forego going to Arizona instead went to play over in Australia. He would be a name I would look at. Tyrese Max, he's another good one from Kentucky, shooting guard. Kind of reminds me a little bit of De'Aaron Fox without the... Uh, without as much skill as De'Aaron Fox had coming out of college. Obviously Obi Toppin, we talked about him too. A lot of people are giving us backlash on the text line though uh, from laughing and saying, I don't know about Obi Toppin. So people are are on board for him. But Matt, I've already told you and I'll say it a million times over. I want the Bulls to do anything that they can to get LaMelo Ball.
0: I mean, you're not alone. I I hear a lot of Bulls fans saying God, let's get Lamelo. Let's get Lamelo. Let's get them. Let's get Lamelo. Um, I was even having a conversation about him with some of uh, some of our locked on slash outsiders uh, fans who showed up for uh, an event we did All Star Weekend when we did like a live show um, in River North. Um, there's a lot of Lamelo love out there, and I get it. There's not a lot to get excited about in this particular draft class, and he's a name, and he's not just a name, but he's a kid who. You know, a couple years ago it was just the younger brother to Lonzo, and Lonzo was getting all the hype, and you know everybody was like, "Dude, what the hell is going on? This ball family, this dude, Lavar, the dad, is like insane and uh, an attention whore. And how good is Lonzo really?" And then obviously the start of his NBA career was rocky. You know, uh, Lakers dish him away, but I have watched more Lamelo than I had significantly over the last you know few weeks as as we've started to just look for things to do and content to watch. He is impressive. I will I will give him that and I will give you that as as someone you say that you desperately want the Bulls to get. He is impressive. He's definitely got star potential in a shallow draft class and a shallow lottery. But I'm not getting my hopes up because he's going to be off the board at seven. I guarantee you that
1: it's gonna really piss me off if Atlanta ends up with him. Which Tankathon has it ranked as him falling to number four, and Atlanta getting him. So it would make me so angry if they had John Collins, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, and Lamelo. Those five young players to surround themselves with, and a decent a, a decent amount of cap space too, if they want to bring somebody in. So. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about all of this in the next month and a half, two months, and break down every prospect. But yes, I am fully on board for Team Blamello. Uh, but I think that's going to about do it here on Locked on Bulls. Thanks again for listening to our show. We'll be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley and at Bulls underscore Peck. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line three three one nine seven nine one three six nine. 979 1369 Uh, Thanks to our sponsor today in Echelon, as well as Sam Adams. Make sure to drop all of your texts, your voicemails, if you want to be a part of the show, like today's show, 331-979-1369. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan
0: (laughs) us up on that text line.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Benny, let's see some texts. We know Benny's listening, so let's see some texts from Benny, and we want episode two of Between the Horns podcast. But for my partner, Matt Peck. I'm Jordan Malley. Bulls fans have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com.